Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the Brother Sisters Show. My name is Livia, and I host this with my brother, Anthony. Say hello, Anthony. Hello. <laughs> we are a family-owned and operated podcast where two siblings keep in touch by talking about movies. This week, we're talking about Anthony's pick, Pineapple Express. But before I get into that, howdy, Anthony. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing. I'm doing. <laughs> Not much has happened since last episode. Um, Kayla went back to San Antonio for the past weekend and I stayed home to get some work done. It was nice. I got some stuff. I like organized her closet as a little surprise for her, cleaned up the room. Uh, we did something for the patio. I sent pictures to, to the family group chat. I'll probably post it in the discord. I didn't send you guys a before and after. I'll probably do that. It looks way better. So did you guys just lay, like, did you just put the bricks there? Just... Yeah, lay them I mean, down. Do they move a lot? Uh, uh-uh. no, not not really. It's a little um, what's it called? Not uh, like flat. There's a little, tiny slope, so some of it moves, but uh, the looks outweigh this slight, slight <laughs> movement. You just have to like tiptoe. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's not oh. like you're gonna fall or anything. It's just, you can have... hear them. It's mainly hearing it. Oh, uh, well, that's not bad. And I no, mean, but but, like, if I'm, as long as you're not like dancing out there, then I think you're fine. Yeah, it's fine. The, the concrete that was there looks gross. So I know I have this some. This looks a lot better. I have some in my. I call it. I always call it a balcony. No, I call it a patio. I think I've said this before, but like, what, are you on the first floor? Yeah, I'm on the first floor. It's you, a patio. Okay. Because I, I feel like I, I feel like it's weird when I say a patio because I feel like when I tell my friends that I've never seen it or have just never like well nobody's visited me so if they haven't seen it then I feel like they think I moved into moved into like a house or something and I'm like no 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 <laughs> this is no, straight yeah. up a rented apartment but anyways so mine also has that gross I mean I just need to like sweep it but I I was looking at I've been looking at a lot of like inspiration I don't know if you and Kayla have like a Pinterest board or if you just kind of go with whatever you want but a lot of them have different flooring and I found that Ikea sells flooring that's like you can like click it like into place and a lot of people use it for patios yeah that's what it was my roommate who originally came up with the idea not Kayla and uh he wanted to get that but the bricks were way cheaper it was like Mm. a dollar something for the bricks like per brick and we only needed like 40 to cover them to cover the patio so but and we got like a little uh flower bed that goes on the fence that That looks nice uh he got some rocks from his work because he he's doing landscaping now um Mm -hmm. he got some uh some nice rocks to put in that and then kayla and i want to get a uh mainly kayla we want to get a little garden to to start growing some herbs and spices See, I want to do that too because I was I was talking to mom about it this weekend, where and I've just been asking like some of my friends, um, for advice. Shout out to Avital, my friend Avital. She's been helping me so much. I like I send her like everything I get, and she basically is like, "Well, maybe like you should do this next," or is that's just very nice. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what she said. She said that a lot of people were telling her to get herbs. And that those are like the easiest ones to do. And she was like, we have found that that's not true. 
<laughs> so I'm kind of oh, nervous. Really? Yeah, because I was talking to mom this weekend about it because she was saying she like was showing me something that she's growing. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, I wish I could like grow some. I wish I could have a bigger garden because I, I don't know why I've been like, I think it's just moving into a new space has really made me want to like do stuff I've never done. And this sounds stupid. And I feel like people, <laughs> people are going to be like, what? But I've never owned plants before. I've had like some that people give me and they instantly die. Like my wow. mom gave me a succulent when I moved into my first apartment completely died i forgot about it and then for my birthday sebastian gave me an orchid and i was like this is very sweet but this is going to die all right and he was like well all you have to do is put an ice cube in it every week that's it every sunday just put an ice cube in it and i was like cool and it died within a month um (laughs) uh, so i'm gonna try and i found this one app that i didn't i found it from like tiktok i haven't downloaded it but I was telling I was telling my friend JT about it because we've he's also moving, so we're kind of like trying we're get bouncing ideas off of each other. But I was telling him that there's this app where you I think you just like put in all the plants that you have and they what does it do? Oh, so you put in all the plants that you have like what around you. I, I don't know, indoor, outdoor, I have no idea. But um and every day it like formulates a um like to-do list for you. So oh, it'll tell cool. you which plants you need to water at whatever time. So that is what I need. Um if I do. But I, I wanna do because I can't do like I mean maybe I could do like tomatoes or something small, but it would be cool to eventually grow fruit and vegetables and stuff, but I think right. I want to try herbs because that feels like it's faster. <laughs> but like, like I said, my friend has said it's not as easy as people make it seem. Well, I'll find out and I'll, I'll let you know. Honestly, no, what, sure. what might happen <laughs> is I'll go to a, I think I want to go to a nursery. So I'll probably go to one and just get one instead of getting like seeds for a basil plant. I'll just like get a basil plant. <laughs> <laughs> and just I mean, move in to a different planter. Like. Yeah, but I don't know. Part of me wants. Oh, I think. Oh, I remember. It was um, mom was growing an apple tree, and she wow. grew it from like like apples that she bought at the store. She like took the seeds and. Mm-hmm. So uh, that just made me. I was like, oh, that'd be cool to like. I want to be one of those people whenever I can invite people over to be like, yeah, I made this pizza and it's um, seasoned with the basil that I grew in my garden. This this uh, pineapple is on my on the pizzas grown actually back there, <laughs> right right through these windows. I want to I want to do uh, eventually grow strawberries because I love strawberries. That would be really cool, but I don't think I have the room for it. I don't think you have the guts. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't handle. I don't think you could, honestly. What, what does that even mean? <laughs> just I just okay. know it would bother you if I had that opinion of you. <laughs> I don't I, think I mean, you could stomach it, man. <laughs> you'd probably throw up every time you saw it. It's just whatever. I think you'd just have to move out. <laughs> Guys, I really just can't. I'm gonna break this lease. I don't care how much I have to pay. Just get me out of here. That's so funny. 
No, but it, it's nice. The patio. Um, oh, I was like, how do, it, how do we get here? It, it makes me like want to go out there and just chill. Cause we, <laughs> I know um, I envy that. Cause I, I've yet, I don't have anything in my patio, so I have yet to go out there. And also, it also is just like so fucking hot. Yeah. Once it gets cooler, just go out there. Then, uh, I we, we got a, a s'more maker. So a s'more maker. Yeah, it's just like so it a looks fire like a. Pit? <laughs> no, no, not a fire pit. Well, I guess you can't have one in your. Uh-uh. Is it like a fondue thing? No, I don't know what that is, but it's just like <laughs> a. It's really just a square that has a little like heating element in it. It's just. It really just looks like a stovetop, like a tiny one. A s'more maker. Just put it in the microwave. <laughs> That's what Kayla, Kayla likes microwave s'mores, but that's just yeah, like what's how is it different gross. than whatever contraption you're talking about? That's disgusting. How? <laughs> I can't stomach it. Really? Wait, you no, really I'm, I'm don't like <laughs> microwave marshmallows? It's just it doesn't feel real. You can't get that golden brown from a microwave s'more. Okay, can I tell you a quick story? <laughs> What's up? So I want, well, people who know me know what college I went to, but, and I probably have said it before, but for the purpose of the story, I won't say, um, but at my college, my, I think it was my freshman year. I don't know which, I think it was the second semester, which doesn't matter, but there, I just want to say it. Um, there was one night where I woke up and there was like the fire alarm was going off. But then when I, like, walked outside, people, I just heard people, like, saying, my roommate was gone, so it was just me trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. And I don't know how I, I don't remember how I figured this out, but somebody said, like, hey, look at the stairs. And the stairs were, like, my dorm was in the middle of where the two different stairs from, like, the different uh, corners were. And there was water coming out of the stairs. And so... what? There was just like water like forming around the exit, like the where the stairs were. Oh. And it was it's kind of hard to describe it. Basically, we just like all went downstairs. I took my I didn't know what was happening. People were saying that it, like the whole um dorm was flooding. So all I did, I didn't want to carry everything and in case we were displaced or everything was ruined. So I just took my laptop and then my roommate's laptop and I stuffed it in my backpack and went downstairs and we were there for like a couple of hours just like waiting in the lobby there was just so many people mind you I want to say that I don't think it was like midnight but it was super late so it was just a bunch of people who were like woken up or just in their pajamas like it was it was insane and what turns well my dorm was fine a lot of dorms that were underneath the one, the one particular one that flooded, those people were all misplaced. So they had to stay at different dorms, or I think some people had to stay at hotels for a while, and all of their shit was ruined. Because I don't know if you know about um, sprinklers, but that water that's in a, like in a, one of the like fire sprinklers, I don't know what you call them, that just like is still water. And if right. that stays for... However, like however many years, like the only time it is ever flushed out is when they're the alarm goes off. Like they don't really flush them out and clean them. No, so yeah, I know anything that. it touches, it just ruins because it's disgusting water. It's just like moldy and gross. Um, right. 
So all their shit was ruined. The dorms, like the, there was a smell for such a long time. Um, and I think it, I was on like the second, the first or the second floor. So it didn't reach mine. Thank God. So I got to go back. I think that night I got to go back. But basically, the reason I'm telling this entire story. I, I was so confused. Is the That's reason what we found out. The reason, because we were like, how the fuck do you set off? I mean, smoke detector, okay. But how the fuck do you have to do a lot of damage to set those things off, to set the sprinklers off? Um, And it was started because two people in a dorm, in one dorm, were trying to make s'mores with a lighter. (laughs) So the people like you, Anthony, that won't just use a fucking microwave... You cause property damage. <laughs> well, I didn't do it inside. I and did I'm it kidding. out on the patio. But isn't that insane that they, I think, well, first of all, tons of people were pissed at them because at least I think it was like two or th- two, like three or four floors below them, probably two or three. All of the dorms that were directly below them for a couple of floors were all ruined. And those people were mis- dis- er, mis- not misplaced. Displaced. Displaced. And they, like, lost all their shit. Can you imagine? Just because you wanted some s'mores and you're like, oh, let's use a lighter. Yeah, that's, that's, that sucks. I, I, our apartment has those. It makes me scared because it's right above my desk. <laughs> There's one right above my desk. Oh, yeah, I have a ton. I have one in every room, I think. I don't know what will happen if it goes off. Well, like, that's, like I said. It's really hard to do that. I mean, there's so many times I have so many. So I was also this was not when I was an RA. Um, This was just when I was a resident. But I have so many stories from when I was an RA at the same college. Um, I never personally saw this, but usually all dorms have the sprinklers in their rooms. And I I mean, fun fact, I guess. I don't know if people actually know this, but I, I learned during that time that when you if you look at the sprinkler it has a little like red tube going through it that if that breaks that like that is so it's really hard to break that you can only like actually break from fire at a certain amount of degrees so basically if this place is legit on fire then that will go off um or it'll like break or yeah, yeah. if you personally break it and so the amount of times that residents would hang stuff from it is very alarming because you can just like if you accidentally hit it on like something on it then that can trigger it to go off right i remember seeing the signs yeah like to not hang things and it's like fun fact yeah why would i is hall directors or the people that work at the building they can't shut that off we have to wait there i don't know how it is here but you usually have to wait for the fire department so it It'll right. go off for however long it takes them to get to you. So just if you ever see one of those, <laughs> do not touch it ever. And that's why they're so high. Like it is really hard to try to like break it. You have to intentionally be doing it or just be really dumb. I don't know. Yeah, that would suck. If you have a, if, if somebody listening though has a story of how they accidentally broke one, I would or let like set one off. I would love to hear it. Because, yeah, let us know. Because I, sorry, I just went on a rant. But like that, every time I eat a s'more or I think about s'mores, I think of that story. <laughs> that that must have been a sad sight. Just two people huddled, <laughs> presumably in a corner, just like 
just because they want to try make some s'mores. Can you and imagine? And like, I think they they tried to like people were so pissed at those people, and I think I I don't remember if I figured out who they were, but some people did. That suck. <sighs> yeah, and like I said, we waited for the fire department, and it took them. And then when they got there, I think they also they couldn't figure out how to turn it off. Yeah. So like it was all, just imagine no a bunch dumb. of water going like just like flooding your apartment for however long. I think I want to say an hour, but I don't know if that's if it was that long. Gross. Well, I might make us more after this. Who knows? But, all right. Uh, what have you been watching? No, no, no. There's one more thing. Oh, yeah. I'm getting my my. uh my A&M ring soon. Oh, yeah. My Aggie ring. So that'll be cool. <laughs> I'll get the blink. That's it. Did you know that? That's um, Do you know who the kombucha girl is? Brittany yeah, Grosky? she went to A&M. Yeah, I didn't know that. I've been watching her videos are really funny. If you want to watch them on YouTube. Um, but yeah, she always wore A&M shirts, but I never know... When people, because a lot of people that are just that just live in Texas, just have A and M shirts. So I just thought, you know, yeah. she just had them. But then she was doing a video where she, she was like drawing something, and I saw. A&M. Oh, did she? Yeah, it was like a COVID thing or something. I remember seeing it. That oh. like, uh, it was like a get ready for campus, uh, something like that. I don't remember. Oh, but the I one I saw, seeing... it was just a YouTube video and she was drawing and I saw her ring. Yeah, I'll get that bling. It'll look cool. How is it? How are they going to do it now? Like, you're getting it soon, right? Yeah, so the way they're doing it is... Just going to, like, you go six feet away and you just toss it to you? Yeah, they're like, go long and then you destroy <laughs> it. And if you don't catch it, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't deserve it. Those no. ninety hours or whatever. It's the Aggie the way. <laughs> no, the I think it was a couple days ago. They like you can pull tickets to go, but um, like on the on on the ring day in quotes because normally, for those of you who don't know, uh, getting your Aggie ring at my school, Texas A and M, is a big tradition. Um, because it it take it means you you're you went through pretty much a lot to go through it. You, you have, there's certain criteria you have to meet. It's like 90 hours or 90 credit hours in total or 45 from the university, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, normally there's this big ring day. Everyone like your family goes and it's like a, you know, they celebrate you for, for accomplishing something big for making it this far. Um, Cause college ain't easy. Yeah. And, uh, you pick someone to put it on you, like someone that is like, I'm going to commemorate you. Someone put this ring on you. Um, but because of COVID, they're just going to, they give us three options. They're like, you can cut my ring day, but it's just going to be you. No one else can come in. Uh, we could ship it to you or you can come in any time after this date and we'll just give it to you. Um, provided that you're alone. Like it has to be just you getting the ring. <laughs> it sounds like in the movies when there's like a ransom, like don't bring anybody. You don't better call not. The cops. <laughs> so, so uh, it's like sucks. any day. Huh? That sucks. You couldn't like postpone it to next semester. I mean, 
I guess that doesn't really matter. I could I could have gotten it later, like just chosen to get it later, but yeah. I'm excited. It, lo- it looks cool. Like the the ring. I, I've always seen people on campus who have their rings. I'm like, man, they're old and cool. <laughs> yeah, JT's like, is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, JT's is cool. I mean, they're all the same, but like, it's a cool ring. He's the only person that I, I will see regularly that has one. Yeah. Yeah, Kayla's dad has one. He, it's, it's a cool ring. I'm excited for it. And, and her mom, yeah. She's right here with me. She, she's listening. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I couldn't be there to per. I know you were going to, I was going to be the one you were going to ask to put it on you, and I'm sorry I couldn't be there. <laughs> no, I was going to have everyone who's coming <laughs> hold the ring and put it on. But obviously, for COVID reasons, that's insane. I was gonna pick Homer. Imagine. <laughs> I, I already know how he would react to you asking him. He'd say, "Why? Why? Why? Why?" <laughs> why? <laughs> no, I'll just come. Uh, I'll just go get it some other time or some whenever. It's like a specific date. No, it's like come whenever during business hours. So I'll just go get it and <laughs> go eat somewhere. Hours. Well, maybe we'll do something when this is all over. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. But uh, that's pretty much it. That's that's new. Um, I have watched a couple of movies. Uh, I don't know the full title, but it's the Harley Quinn movie. The Birds of Prey oh, yeah. movie. That I one. I started it, but I never finished it. Very good. I watched bits and pieces of it because... Uh, I Kayla started watching it and I like walked in on her watching it. Um, so I watched some of it with her and then she watched some of it without me. So I just caught, I just caught uh, some of the middle and most of the end. That's a good movie. I like it. It gives me, there's just one scene in it specifically that gives me some weird video game vibes. Spoilers. Um, not, not a huge spoiler, but spoiler. Whenever she uh, she goes to to go find the diamond, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's like kind of like a perspective shift from Harley to uh, Canary, the singer. Yeah, where she, what's his name, Ronan or Roman, has given her the task of like finding the ring or I'm gonna kill you. You have 24 hours, whatever. Harley Quinn runs off into an alley. And then the camera shifts to Canary and it, it goes like it follows her. I don't know why that gives me like odd. Um, it's like oddly specific to uh, like a video game where you're you're you play one mission as one character and then you're done with that. And then that character just like runs off and then you you transition into another. I don't mm-hmm. know. But uh, good movie. I like the ending. And then uh, I also watched Shazam because no one could stop me. (laughs) He was gone. I was like, all right, I'm watching Shazam. It's a good movie. I like it. Can does she not allow you to watch it? (laughs) No, no, no. She she strictly. If I even mention Shazam, she punches me. Yeah, she should honestly. (laughs) No, no, no. I I, I don't know. I just was wanted to watch it. I want to say recently, but I feel like. I don't know what that means now. I feel like recently could mean like last year, 
but I've seen it. It's not. It's it's okay. It's pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the end. It's a good time. The, the like the very last scene. Yeah, the mini cameo. Yeah. Uh, and then keeping up with uh the confusing show that we Kale and I started watching, Lovecraft Country. We watched uh, episode five. It came out two days ago, this past okay. Sunday. It's getting even crazier. Does it still not make sense? Uh, it kind of makes more sense, but I just don't know why. I don't know why anything is happening. <laughs> I don't know any motivation. I was going to watch <laughs> it, but then us talking about it last time and you're saying you're just like confused. I was like, I don't know if I need some confusion in my life right now. <laughs> yeah. Eventually. It was like, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I like this show. I was like, yeah. whatever. You don't have to watch it. I'll, I'll watch it by myself. Cause I'm, I'm pretty intrigued. I asked David cause David asked me if I had seen the show and I was like, no, I haven't. So I'll watch it. I, I asked him, he was, David was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm on like episode two. I was like, bro, what the? What the? Oh my god, that's genius! I, I need to the next time I recommend something to you or to oh, anybody. I don't know, I've never seen it. <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> I know I should do that. Like this weekend, um, mom had she finished? Well, she started watching Succession. I don't know if she just wanted to watch it, but Dad and I got super obsessed with it when it was first airing. Mm-hmm. Um and so she started to watch it and I, <laughs> that would have been funny if she was like trying to talk to me about it. I'm like, oh, I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Ooh, if, have you seen Succession, Anthony? No. I guarantee you and Kayla would like it. Maybe we'll check it out since so it's, it's HBO, right? Yeah. All right. Very, very good. Just ask mom. She doesn't like anything and she really liked it. <laughs> all right what's new what do you mean with me yeah with you that's all i got um i won't go too much into like <laughs> updates since i took um probably 10 minutes telling a s'more story that nobody asked for but i've seen a few things so i watched for the first time silence of the lambs yeah i've never seen it how was it it was pretty good i think you should watch it um it's it's kind of like I think I've something I've talked about on this podcast about it, it just takes me so long to watch old classics and people since I, you know, I self-identify as a movie lover, people are always like, "What? Like you haven't seen that?" and it really drives me insane. So I think part of it is I just want I don't want to like satisfy people by <laughs> watching these classics. But another part is like, "Well, what if I don't like it?" I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just Usually stuff, when people hype it up, I end up not liking it as much as other people. And I'm like, well, I don't That was kind of a waste of time. I don't know. But mm-hmm. this one, it is worth the hype. It's, it's very good. Um, it, it does. Oh, like I was saying, like there's something I brought up before is another thing about watching older movies is it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to put the context of the time that it came out while I'm watching it. Because I think I've mentioned this with like when I watched when Harry met Sally for the first time, um, I would watch I would watch it and I would see certain things and I was like, I've seen this a million times. But 
I need to keep reminding myself, oh, I've seen it a million times, but it, those are derivatives of this movie. Like this movie right. set a lot of precedents. And so for this one, it did feel I could easily do that um, just because the acting was really great. There are some things, I mean, if you watch, I would say if you watch this movie, also watch a documentary called Disclosure because they do a really good job of explaining just like better than I could how problematic this movie is in a lot of ways. But, um, but it is a good, like written, how it's written, how it's acted. It's pretty good. But just to give yourself context um, of, like I said, of the problems this movie has that you might not even know, you know, just about, um, gender identities and how it kind of like it, it does a really shitty job of explaining it and it, it contributes a lot to like the demonization of um, transgender people so those are both on Netflix so Silence of the Lambs and also Disclosure are a great gotcha. uh, double feature um, the next one is one called Crawl I think it's on Prime um, the alligator one yeah it's actually pretty good. I remember when it came out a while ago. I think when I want to say like last year, two years ago, maybe. Yeah, last year. Pretty recent. Um, and a lot of people are saying that it's pretty good <clears throat> for like what it is. And it was. I mean, I just wanted to watch something that was easy to watch. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to compare it to Jaws because Jaws is a classic. Um, but it is kind of like that where there's just like a that scary feeling of just something in the water something you're like put in the water and you're not like humans are not really familiar with the water like certain creatures are and so to be on their like playground kind of thing um is really scary you're in my house yeah that was creepy and i never really thought alligator i mean they're scary but i never thought they were like a threat and so to watch this i was like oh <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I, I highly recommend it. If you want to watch something that's like action-y or suspenseful and has like monsters. I mean, if you think that alligators are monsters, but yeah, pretty good. It also has like a cheesy like family thing, <laughs> you know, where she's like, yeah, she's where she being, cares about her family. Yeah, no, it's kind of like that whole like. Yeah, there's an alligator chasing you, but we're also going to teach you a story about family. You know, <laughs> uh, she's going to learn a lesson and it is pretty transparent what that lesson is from the very beginning, because they the <laughs> first scene is that she's a competitive swimmer. And I was like, OK, guys, oh. you're <laughs> hitting the nail a little too close on the head, but it's fine. Um, but Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I think I've mentioned, but I wanted to talk about because you kind of expressed your fear of cults is I th that show called um, The Vow on HBO. I think I mentioned it to you, right? Where they yeah, brand you, people. Yeah. So, yeah. That has been super interesting. They have an, a new episode every Sunday, I think. So there's been like four up to this point. And it's, I don't know, it is a little slow. I feel like they could have cut the first probably two episodes. Or they, they could have cut these four into two. Um, mm. But it is interesting to see 
just how like scary cults are <laughs> because I don't I don't know if the Scientology one did a good job of this, but I think this is the first time other than Midsummer <laughs> Midsummer of like showing just showing exactly the the techniques that they use and how close they are to like a an MLM like a pyramid scheme what what do you call it multi level marketing sure. and how yeah. like the people they prey on and I don't know I I see why you're scared of them because I feel like it could be like cults don't have to be what am I trying to say. Like you can see, that once drastic. We, well, and all, yeah, like you can see. I think the the scary thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that when you see movies like Midsummer or just movies or documentaries that talk a lot about cults, you start to recognize things that are familiar that either got you to go to the college you go to or go to the the job that you work at. Like you see certain tactics that people are using on you, and it might not be a super like you might not get it might not get to the point where you get branded right it might just get like you might just have a job now or go to a certain school or have a certain uh club you're a part of but people are nobody is above manipulation right and i is yeah. that what is scary to you uh yeah i think the scary thing is it's just you never know how close they are to you yeah that's true like they could be a cult <laughs> in your town, in like a community center that you don't even know about. Because mm. I mean, and and the scary thing is like anyone can be a cult member. Like they don't look a specific way. Like you can't just. And some of I them like, might not even be like bad intention. They just are tied in with people that are. Right. Like, I think that's another thing is that it's showing a lot like the people that are the center of this documentary are the ones that they basically started it with this one guy. I forgot his name. I think it's like Keith or something. Um, They started it with him and they recruited a ton of people. And then they realized a little too late how like shady this guy was. And they feel like the guilt of how of like all the people that they brought in. And they're trying to help get them out. And so the guilt that they feel that they brought these people and they thought it was like, like they thought they were doing them a service. They genuinely thought it was a good thing they were doing for them. And it turns out that it's not that they're like manipulating right. women into losing weight and counting their calories and having sex with this like weird guy. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Scary. Very creepy. The last thing, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but I'm currently in the middle of The Boys on Prime. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. Um, on season one. Or maybe it was Sebastian. Have you seen that show? No, but I've heard good things about it, but I just, I can't bring myself to do it. I just don't like the trailers. <laughs> it's uh, It's actually really good. I think you would like it. There's this YouTuber, I don't know if you know him, Michael Reeves. No. Um, he does like he's a tech YouTuber, but he does like funny stuff. So he The Boys season two. I don't know how far you are in season one, but all I know, everything I know about that show, um, as far as like plot 
is from that his video because Amazon sponsored one of his videos too, uh, where he made a baby that shoots lasers <laughs> out of its eyes. Yeah, I saw some of that clip and I was like, eh, why, why? I didn't, I didn't even bother. I wasn't intrigued on why that baby had lasers coming out of its eyes. I don't know. I think, I think you might like it, but who knows. All right. I don't know. I have a couple of movie news. Do you have anything else to say before we move on to movie news? I I got nothing. All right. So the first thing, well, let's start with something. I'm going to start with, we have two things. The first one, I didn't really read into it um, like I should have, because I honestly forgot about it. But there's new standards for movies that can qualify for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Did you see okay, that? Okay, what, what is it? So they have two, they have to meet two of four standards. And basically, well, okay, let's read them. So, um, and like I said, only two of these four standards. The first one is at least 30% of all actors in secondary and more minor roles are from at least two of the following underrepresented groups, women, racial, or ethnic group. LGBTQ+, people with cognitive or physical disabilities, or who are deaf or hard of hearing. The second one is main storyline slash subject matter. (laughs) The main storylines, themes, or narrative of the film is centered on an underrepresented group, and it's the same list that I had. Um, The third one... Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Um, Is that... There's the same thing about having at least one of the lead or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. I can't find the fourth one. Anyways, um, so yeah, so that's kind of I, I don't it didn't have what the fourth one is, but basically what they're saying is you have to have like some sort of diversity and I don't know. Do you even I don't even know if I would like there was like. Obviously, some people that were like, well, then that that means that you won't actually see the best picture. <laughs> and I was like, because whites are, only make the one. I know. Like, these are all like this is the, literally the least you could do. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I don't understand. And then there's another argument saying the one that I saw that was like, well, then we, we can't do any more period like uh period films period pieces for like that are back in the day oh first of all yeah you can (laughs) like i don't it doesn't make sense to me this idea that hollywood has has like presented to us by the way it's not true that they think that people think that people of color or people of any uh, like any of the underrepresented groups that i just mentioned like they just didn't exist (laughs) <laughs> you know like oh yeah. well, they only you're right they only existed to, uh, since the 80s like come on even people were like well just look at 1917 yeah they didn't have any leads that were of color or that were like of those underrepresented groups but they did have actors of color in the because people uh, they wanted to be accurate to who was in that war you know it's just people like people just want to be upset about literally anything 
How oh, dare you oh, promote diversity in the most mundane way? I mean, not, I, I wouldn't say mundane. I mean, they changed like uh, requirements for a pretty big, I mean, the award. So, Sorry, okay, I did it wrong. So I, I mentioned it wrong. So the four standards are what I what I listed is just many of the things of one standard. So the first standard is on-screen representation, themes, and narratives. The second one is creative leadership and project teams. So basically the crew that are not on camera. Um, standard C is industry access and opportunities. So like internships, training, all that. And then standard D or the last standard is audience development. So representation and marketing, publicity, and distribution. So basically, they're covering all their bases. Sorry, I read that wrong. Um, but it's not just about who's on screen, but it's about who's making the movie, who you're giving opportunities to to like be in the actual industry, and who's publicizing the film. Which I don't... Like, who... Why do you want to be... It doesn't make any sense to me that you would argue against diversity. It's just going to make better movies. Why do yeah. I need another fucking, I mean, like, I think people are like, well, well, then you can't make another kind of Pride of pride and Prejudice movie. Well, yeah, you can. And first, like, second of all, we don't need another one. If you can't add any sort of diversity into your movie that you're making, then don't make it. We don't need it. Yeah. That whole period piece thing. That, that That's seems just an dumb. excuse. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, there's like there's... so many periods, bro. There's there's so many periods. Well, and also so many people of so many backgrounds have yeah. existed in all of time. So like what I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. White periods are not the only periods. Well, and it's also like it's just it's not a problem in the kind of in the period that they're setting it in. It's a problem of the movies that like the people that they're casting because there's been movies like the first one comes to mind is that gods of egypt that was a movie right that was set <laughs> in egypt and it's a cast full of white people so like that is obvious that they don't care who what they're setting the movie in because they think that a white actor is the like um not the standard is the default right. well, how are you gonna set a movie in egypt and have all white people in it it's because white people made it exactly and if you the movie <laughs> not Egypt. well yeah yeah but okay so something well do you have anything else because i have something lighter to make fun of no i have other stuff that i i just thought of yeah. like new trailers and stuff i mean uh the mandalorian season two that trailer dropped today that's exciting oh. i don't know if you saw the trailer if you're no keeping up but Mm-mm. yeah that, that that's gonna be good I they're really leaning into the this is the way I uh, it bothered me they watched it I watched the trailer today with Kayla and they said that so many times this is said, the way yeah this is the way because like, that's like the directionally the no like uh like more metaphorically because oh. he's <laughs> Like, this is the way that it has to be done or the way that we do things. I've never seen the show, if you can't tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Dude, Dad is going to be <laughs> No, this pissed. is the way we have to go, guys. Dad is going to be pissed because he was like, <laughs> the last time I saw him, he was like, I, I think I'm kind of done with y'all's podcast. And I was like, why? And he said, because the last <laughs> one was two hours long. <laughs> Which one was that? Oh, wait, was it two hours? The Get On Up one? 
Oh yeah, it was. I think it was. And it I was like, been. well, I mean, and we're already forty minutes in, but you know what? Let's keep going. Sorry, go on. This is the way. Yeah, <laughs> they said this it so way, many times. This way to the Mandalorian. <laughs> this way, Mandalorian here. This is the way. No, I was like, they said it so many times. I was like, Kayla, they're really leaning into this. She was like, what do you mean? We just watched the This is the Way trailer. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Mandalorian 2, This is the Way. This is the Way. <laughs> I, I didn't like that, but everything else I'm excited for about, about the show. Okay, any right. more trailers? Uh, uh, Dune, but I don't know anything about that. Me neither. And that... <laughs> I need to do more research on it because I don't think it's like set in a dystopian world, right? Is it set in like this world? I I have no idea. I, I, I really know absolutely about, nothing. I saw something the, that's the problematic kind of, casting. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off a lot. No, no, no. But, but yeah, you're. That's exactly. I wanted to mention that, but then I don't know enough about it. If it's like yeah, set I, in this world, because if it is, and if they cast Timothy as the lead, then yeah, that's a little annoying. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. I, I I have no idea. Stacked cast, though. I feel like I feel like it's not going to be good. Maybe, probably not. Like after watching <laughs> the trailer, like there's only it can only with with a cast like that, it can only be one of two things. It's either going to be really good or really bad. And <laughs> yeah. I see it being really bad. I have Kayla hope, had but no I, idea who was in it. She kept on seeing more people. Like, whoa, whoa. All I knew whoa. was, well, I know Oscar Isaac, like I will follow him to the end of the earth. So I know that he's in it. I know everything he's doing, but that's him. And then Timothy, that's all I knew. And so it was also kind of a nice surprise to see all those people. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all I could think of. The last thing, because we watched um, a biopic last time, I saw I saw it this morning, I think. Also, do you say biopic or biopic? Biopic sounds like a medical term. I say biopic. Okay. I do too, but I hear people say biopic more than the other one. Biopic makes me think of bionicles. <laughs> okay, we'll see. <laughs> um, anyways. Anyway, so <laughs> I don't even know how to get into this. So um Madonna is set to direct and co-write her own biopic. She's really? co-writing it with Diablo, Diablo Cody, by the way. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, she wrote um, Juno. Oh. And a lot of other good movies, but I think that's probably the only one you've seen. And Young Adult and Tully, I think. But yeah, how do you feel? Why? <laughs> I, why would you want to... I understand. Okay, so I think the only way you can actually do that and it not be like just really bad is produce it. Like the one um, straight out of Compton. I know, I think a couple of the people like produced it, but it seems weird to direct and co write your own life. I mean, I don't know though, because. If there's one person to do it, but then I, maybe I just have a bad taste. Like I, I instantly was like, well, that's stupid. But I feel like if somebody I liked said they would do that, I'm like, oh, genius. Of course you should do that. But <laughs> yes, Tom just, Hardy. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> well, I just want to see him do anything, honestly. But 
I think I just have like a bad taste in my mouth from her because of the whole like COVID shit. Like I think she wasn't she trying to say that it was like a hoax. I don't know. So and I just thought that was hilarious. Well, what do you think about like, would you if you were in that position where they were like, we're going to make a biopic about you? Would you want to how would you want to be involved, if at all? I probably wouldn't want to be involved whatsoever. I'd probably be like, uh, just wait till I die, then make it. (laughs) Then it's like, I I think the only involvement I would want is I would want to if I don't want to write it and I don't want to I don't want to be like involved in the creative creative process because I feel like I would be too like, well, I would try to edit too much. So I think the only say I would want is to is for me to like pick who wrote it and who directed it. Oh, uh, I I would want... at least give a list to be like this is who I want. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I I th- I think uh, if it was made during my lifetime, I think the only thing I would really want to have say over is um because it would be over my life i'd want to say whether or not things really happened i wouldn't want like a dramatic thing like if 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 something if they like make up a dramatic event that just never happened i'd be like no don't don't do that if they're like well this movie will be boring i'd say well why are you making it like (laughs) if my life's not that exciting yeah it shouldn't be a movie about it. At least not like a full lead feature length. I haven't done anything. Maybe I, I will, but I'd w- I want it to be as realistic as possible. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting to think. I mean, and also, has she directed anything? Has she acted in anything? Maybe a music video? Um, she's probably, I think she's been in a movie or two. She has to have been. If dad didn't stop listening, he's going to hear this and you're like, is she even acted? And if she has, he's going to be like, that's the last straw. And he's going <laughs> to throw his AirPods across the room. And He's going to leave a bad review. They don't even know Madonna. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Before we hit a quick break. No, that's it. All right. We'll be right back. A process server and his marijuana dealer wind up on the run from hitmen and a, and a corrupt police officer after he witnesses his dealer's boss murder a competitor in Pineapple Express. Directed by David Gordon Green. Story by Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg. Written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Starring Seth Rogen, James Franco, and Gary Cole. Had an estimated budget of about twenty-seven million. Opening weekend, it made about twenty-three million in the U.S. It made it grossed about eighty-seven million worldwide. It made about a hundred and one million. Nice. Critics gave it a six point nine out of ten on IMDb, sixty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and a sixty-four percent on Metacritic. How dare they? Who do they think they are? I mean. <laughs> let's go let's get straight into it all right so we start with a black and white scene set in 1937 um 
Oh, two men. There's like a car driving into just an empty field. And then two men get out of the car and go into a hidden bunker underground. It's like it's like a big ass rock and they just lift it and there's a little hatch to go underground. Um, Once they get into there. Well, <laughs> that's a stupid way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> they but get into it- there. <laughs> Um, it looks like a, I, I put a wartime hospital because I didn't know like when this That's was. That's stupid. No, it does not look like that at all. <laughs> it looks like they're doing science experiments on people. I think I just looked at the coats and I was like, hospital. <laughs> no, they're definitely doing some experiments. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, we see Bill Hader. <laughs> he's like <laughs> in a interrogation room and he's smoking a joint. And then they ask him, the people outside are like observing him and they ask him how he feels. And he says he feels like a slice of butter. Like a slice of butter on on some on a stack of flapjacks or whatever. <laughs> um, oh, and then they ask him for whatever reason, they ask him how he feels about his superiors. And he says he has two issues with their whole operation. One, there's too many dudes. <laughs> and two... <laughs> Quote, why are we underground, sir? (laughs) Why are we underground, sir? And from the way, I mean, I don't know. I tried to, because I've seen this movie so many times. So I tried to like dissect it. And it's very weird. This is probably not a problem of anybody other than us have had. But it is kind of weird to watch a movie that you've known for so long and like try to dissect it you know like think critically about it or just like take notes and be like well the way that they're acting this has to be the first time anybody's tried pot like of course it is <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's uh i i don't remember this part so it was like kind of new to me oh i and remember could, this part you could <laughs> you could tell that they're they're just experimenting to see i for some reason they want to see what happens when you smoke this. Yeah, they didn't really. And that's another thing, too, is I, I tried to think I was like, well, do they explain this? Because I don't want to just like say it again if they explain it, but they really don't. You kind of have to like infer what's happening. Um, But yeah, I do. I remember the scene, but I specifically remember when he was like, why are we underground, sir? <laughs> <laughs> um, But this made me want to look into the actual origins of marijuana. So I I found a few things. Marijuana, also known as cannabis or pot, has a long history of human use. Most ancient cultures didn't grow the plant to get high, but as herbal medicine, likely starting in Asia around 500 BC. The history of cannabis cultivation in America dates back to the early colonists who grew hemp for textiles and rope. Political and racial factors in the 20th century led to the criminalization of marijuana in the United States, though its legal status is changing in many places. Um, And then I also there's there's like a long stand history. Um, Was that (laughs) I don't know if that was actually a phrase or if I made that up. Anyways, like marijuana use itself was like a one one thing. But then I found another thing about medical marijuana um, so it was started in 1830s when Sir William Brooke O'Shaughnessy, an Irish doctor studying in India, found that cannabis extracts could help lessen stomach pain 
and vomiting and people suffering from cholera. By the late 1800s, canopy, canopy, cannabis extracts were sold in pharmacies and doctor's offices through Europe and the United States to treat stomach problems and other ailments. So a couple of fun facts. So it is not, it was not founded by underground researchers and Bill Hader. <laughs> which I, which is sad. It would be a lot better if it was. <laughs> Truly. Um, and naturally after that, after the... Some... Whoa. Hold on. What? Don't even. You skipped the best part. What? Yeah, so the military guy... The general that I was literally getting to that. No, 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 no. Before that, because he he the, he never answered the question how he felt about his superiors, Bill Hader. And he's like, F you like all this. He's like, all right, we've had enough here. And he's like, all right, shut this operation down and get rid of him towards Bill Hader. And then he, he's just high. So he's like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys taking me? He's like, why are there so many people here? And he's like, why you got that gun? And you hear a gunshot. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I I don't think that was I didn't think that was important. So I didn't it's important. It. it was very funny. I right. laughed really hard. Well, after that, the scary general guy goes onto a phone and yells that it's illegal. Illegal. Then we flash forward to I don't know if they say what year it is, but nah, it's I not nineteen eighty three or whatever thirty seven and we meet Dale, who is Seth Rogen's character, and he's something called a process server, which I also looked into. According to ServeNow.com, <laughs> process servers are needed in an assortment of tasks such as filing court papers, serving legal documents, and document retrieval. Their principal job is to live to deliver or serve legal documents to a defendant or person involved in a court case. And I, so th this scene has him just like smoking and also like serving these papers, but he has disguises so that he can like get to these people. And it made me want to look up the legality of this because I don't think I've ever seen this in anything other than this movie. So I actually found a really funny quote from the same website, which is an actual website of an actual business that helps hire process servers. Um, so they had like a community discussion where they posed the question, have you worn disguises to serve papers? What has worked? What hasn't? And what is your take? Because it's like really highly debated within the process server community, or at least it was. Um, and their takeaway from the discussion was said in a quote that they put on their website, which reads as, Overall, group members agree that disguises have no place in process serving. While some turn to a ruse to get past a difficult doorman or complete a, a serve on a particularly evasive individual, group members note that the first attempt should always be approached with respect for the individual that is being served. A common theme in the conversation is that professionalism needs to become a central value within the industry. Many process servers dress business, business casual unless the location where they are serving calls for different attire. Inevitably, a number of comments pointed out that serving process that serving process from day to day is not consistent with the image presented in Pineapple Express and reality television. The conclusion process service should not wear disguises when they serve 
Man, that sucks because I would love to have that job just to dress up and just like. I do get what they mean, though, how it's like, I mean, I don't know. I don't I do want to ask somebody that has, but I thought it was very funny that when researching process service that I found a quote that mentioned this movie. (laughs) I want to do that. I, it, it seems, I don't know, I, it is funny the way they do it because people are so pissed. Because, I mean, they're serving papers for subpoenas or, like, for people that owe money. Like, just shit that you don't want to deal with. <laughs> so I get it, but, yeah. It also, it does make for a good intro. Or, like, yeah. beginning scene. And like I said, we intercut with him serving people and calling into radio shows, which he does like when he's driving and smoking. Um, And this is just like funny, a funny scene, but it actually is a really smart way to introduce the main character. And I think I've I've said this before, at least like have made the notion that I really love when movies show and don't tell. And so this is a really great example of that where throughout this like really funny scene and it seems pretty innocuous you know just him driving around in a like calling radio shows and disguises smoking whatever but through all of the calls that he makes and like just the way that we see him interacting with people we can already learn that one he loves smoking pot and he always and he talks about too he loves it to the point where he's talking to the radio host about the legalization of it um and he's also dating a high schooler <laughs> Which is not really something that, I mean, it's just the way they did it was really funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> instead of just him, like, an annoying scene where he's, like, telling a friend or whatever. Like, remember, I'm dating a high schooler. Oh, my high school girlfriend. Oh, I hate that she's in high school and she's my high school girlfriend. Yeah, it is. It's pretty funny. He just, like, mentions it. But, yeah. We also, he also previews what this movie is about. So he mentions, like I said, that de- decriminalizing weed also means that you don't have to deal with dealers. And he says that they're creepy and they think that they're your friends. So they just always want to smoke with you. And, and you're mm-hmm. like, it's just a transaction. I just want to get my shit and leave. Um, yeah. So that's why I, I mean, that scene is just funny, but I really love what it does for the, the plot and like setting up the world that we're in. Um, and like I said, I love, like he, he mentions that dealers are creepy, which I love that he says that. And then we instantly cut to him making out with his high school girlfriend (laughs) in a high school (laughs) in between classes. Very funny to me. Um, and he mentions, well, like I said, he's with his high school girlfriend. He mentions that he can't go to dinner with her parents and she's pissed and while they're arguing, some hot high school guy uh, comes in and, like, just t- is talking to her, gives her some clothes that she left in his car, and it makes Dale very jealous. And then right after, he has a fight with the teacher. <laughs> that teacher is so funny because he's, he's like, standing up to Dale because he's, like, obviously not a high school student. He's like, where's your hall pass or whatever but then the cool guy shows up and he's like oh hi creepy (laughs) like you're working out and he's like touching his arm all right and so after that i think i don't really have anything else from that scene there probably there's like in most of the comedies that we do there's so many little jokes and stuff that i don't really write down unless it's like memorable to me 
Um, so Anthony, if there's any line that I miss that you really love, then just let me know. Oh, I, I already added. <laughs> I know my quote. <laughs> so after this, he goes and meets his dealer, who is Saul, played by James Franco. Um, and Dale is already obviously uncomfortable. He just like wants to get out as soon as possible. And I have a fun fact about this first meeting. So the first time Dale visits Saul, he apologizes for coming up before he was buzzed in, to which Saul replies, quote, stuff your sorries in a sack, man. <laughs> this is actually from an episode of Seinfeld, where the characters disagree over whether or not the quote is a commonly used expression. Ironically, after the popular episode aired and was replayed over and over in syndication, Stuff Your Sorries in a Sack actually did become a casually and commonly used expression as seen here in this film. I never heard that before. I feel like dad should have said that before. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that either. Stuff Your Sorries in a Sack, man. Like, when do you... Oh, yeah, that just feels weird. Can you imagine saying that to somebody? I'm going to try it. Sorry, in a sack, man. Um, whenever, what is, what's going on? Oh, sorry, I lost my place. Okay, so after that, Saul starts to show Dale, like, the product that he has. And he mentions a new one called Pineapple Express. Look Another... to camera. <laughs> right, um, credits roll, movie's done. <clears throat> and I have another fun fact about this. So James Franco's line, quote, it smells like God's vagina, was actually originally improvised by Seth Rogen. But James Franco told him it wasn't funny whenever he first said it and then used the line in the next take. <laughs> That's funny. He just wanted it for himself. I guess. <laughs> um, da, da, da. After this, he shows him the cross joint. The cross joint. Um, but Dale just like wants to leave because I think he mentions like we should smoke it or whatever. Dale just wants to get the hell out of there. But then Saul convinces him to stay um, so they can both smoke it together. And he says, I can't even light this thing on my own. It creates a trifecta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That was funny. Oh, and I had a fun fact about this, but I don't know where I put it. Well, I'll say it. Um... Right now, but um, I saw that Seth Rogen actually rolled all the joints in the movie, including the cross one. Is that like a real thing? I don't know. I guess I shouldn't have I, looked that up. I'm assuming after the movie it was. Yeah. I don't understand if there is actually any point to it, though. Because I think he said... Once you have to light all three and then the smoke is like intense. I don't know. I, I don't really think it's a thing. It creates a trifecta. Yeah. A trifecta. He said the, uh, like his favorite civil engineer designed it or something like that. <laughs> that that was really funny. I like that. Like, because it, it, they bring it up later. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but his little, like, interest in civil engineering. <laughs> Got me laughing. <laughs> After this, Saul gets another visitor, and while they wait, Saul <laughs> asks Dale why he wears a suit, and he says, he like tells him about his job. He says that he's a process server, and then Saul's like, like a servant, like a butler. <laughs> Man, that interaction when 
when the the two guys come by uh to buy to buy drugs from Saul. Yeah. And he brings his friend. He's like, Oh, uh, can I can I have some Parkinson? <laughs> Didn't he have like a rat tail? Yeah. His name was Mark. He's like, Bro, of course I don't have no Parkinson. You think I have Parkinson? Like all that stuff. And I was really funny. Just that whole interaction just seems so awkward. Okay, yeah, I was <laughs> And the guy didn't even get anything. He was like, no, what the fuck, dude? I don't have that. <laughs> After that, um, Dale just leaves. He's on his way. And he he goes to serve some guy. But then he stops to smoke a joint first. Um, and while he's parked outside, the house where, he, where he's, like, going to serve this person, I think at this point he knows his name is Ted, right? Yeah, Ted Jones. So he's about to serve Ted, but while he's smoking, he sees that a guy in a robe and a cop killed a man, like just executed him in the window, which like, why would you do that? But whatever. Um, And then he drives away, but he's freaking out while he's driving away. So he hits like two, I think it was like two cars, right? Like he hits the person in front of them and the person in the back. Yeah, the um, cop car as well yeah. and he throws <laughs> he throws his his joint out yes um, with the, it was pineapple express well and That's they important. see him like i said because he's making tons of fucking noise so yeah. they see him and they like chase after him but he leaves um but they do see the joint and for some reason he instantly goes to saul's place and then he pukes on his on his printer <laughs> he's like oh no my printer man he's like did you break it and Dale's like I don't know um Saul calms him down like basically telling him like there's no way they would have known like if even if they like they could have seen you but like how are they gonna know who you are but then Dale realizes that he tossed his joint which was full of the pineapple express and so he just he like what, while talking to Saul, he realizes that how rare it is. And I think Saul says, like, yeah, we're the only two people that have ever <laughs> tried it. And he's like, well, the, you can trace it to me. Out. Because I don't maybe I, I don't know if I wrote this down, but how does he know that Ted is connected to. OK, him? So before that, he's like, oh, I have to go. Dale, when he first leaves, he's like, oh, I have to go. I have to go serve this dude. Uh, he's like, well, what are these people? So I asked, like, what what do these people do? Oh, man, I, I should was not paying attention. Sorry, go on. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he's like what, are, like, what are the things that these people do? And Dale's like, I don't know. What, I don't know what Ted Jones did. And then so I was like, oh, Ted Jones, I think I know that dude. Doubt, doubt. That's what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Be better. <laughs> well, anyways, they leave. <laughs> that makes sense because after they leave and then uh, Dale is trying to like get more information on Ted and he's like, I think Saul says something about like, yeah, he's like really like he's crazy about murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's crazy about murder. He's like, what? Um, and after they leave, two guys, I don't remember their names, but basically guys that work for Ted, they break in um, and they know that Saul and Dale know that they're after them because mm -hmm. they're like gone. Um, after this, Dale and Saul stop at a park and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. They decide to call Red, who is so 
Red is Saul's supplier, but He's Ted... He's a middleman. Yeah, basically. Um, so they decide to call Red to tell him not to tell anybody that Saul is the one who is selling Pineapple Express. But, I mean, like I said, it doesn't really matter because the guys that are looking for them, one, already know, and they're already at Red's place because while he's on the phone with him, they're, like, pointing a gun at his face. Um, da, da, da. And then they decide, because they were going to go that night, but then they decide that they're just going to go tomorrow at noon. Mm-hmm. what they say um and then Saul like has a little freak out because he is saying that they can triangulate their phones like the location of their phones and so they should smash it and so Dale smashes it and for whatever reason Saul like throws his phone and then he tells him like well I've never smashed anything so I don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> after this they fall asleep I don't I think they had like a talk but I didn't really write anything about it I don't know if you want to hey, mention remember. it. Um, well, they wake up, they fall asleep in their car, and then they wake up and realize that it's actually 4 p.m. I don't know how you sleep that long, but they did. <laughs> and then Dale tries to start the car, but it's dead. But they Obviously. kept the radio on, so yeah, of course it's dead. I think they also kept the light on, the headlights on. I only need to remember the radio because either way, <laughs> they all turned on talk radio and instantly fell asleep. Um, they finally make it to Reds by hitchhiking and they take it, it stresses me out the part where they're like walking to the road and they're just like fucking around and then <laughs> they hitchhike with this guy that has a boat like he, <laughs> he's like dragging a boat. I don't know, it just stresses me out how, like, it must have been at least six by the time they arrived to Red's. <laughs> um, They're so they, late. I know. So they ask him, they ask Red about Ted and the Pineapple Express, and he acts like he doesn't know. Um, And Red is played by Danny McBride, by the way, which he is <laughs> one of my favorite actors. He's so fucking funny. Um... So he's like just denying everything. Saul is instantly buying it. Dale's really skeptical. Um, and then Red excuses himself to call his wife, but Dale is still not having it. Um, and then they start fighting because Dale pulls a phone from him and he just doesn't trust him. And so I think they start the fight, but Red like throws an ashtray at him. Right? Yeah. So like really hard. <laughs> Red throws an ashtray <laughs> at Dale. And then Dale t- manages to get the phone. He goes to the restroom and throws the toilet down, or the, the toilet, the phone down the toilet <laughs> while Saul and, and Red are fighting. And then while they're fighting, this is the quote that I wrote down. Oh, I was, I was like trying to read this. I was like, did I write that? That was no, losing no, no, my mind. It. Okay. I wrote it. As soon as I saw it, I had to, I had to write it down. Please. Red Ruiz says, what we do in this life echoes in eternity. And that got me so much. <laughs> when it was, was so that? When Does Dale he like flushed, yell it? Yeah, he yells it. I don't know why. I don't remember. <laughs> he just said, what we do in this life echoes in eternity. I just thought I'm that that's so that funny. I'm getting that tattooed on me, dude. It's so funny to in a fight. <laughs> what we like do if someone's beating me up and says that to me, I don't know what I'd do with myself. That is so funny. There's so many little lines that he says that are so fucking funny. 
Yeah. Another, uh, so they also, they managed to get to the restroom. <laughs> like the fight goes to the restroom and red gets in there and he locks the door, but Dale and Saul use their bodies together to smash the door in and red's like you you better not knock the door out and you get to pay for it and then they, they knock the door in i laughed so hard because you, they or red hits his head on the sink and knocks it off it's like really hard. it's really hard it is so funny i don't know why i couldn't stop laughing but one thing i'll say about this movie that i noticed more so than a lot of movies is i noticed the dubbing and how the audio wasn't yeah, it's I don't that's there. a good maybe that's a good question to ask people and they can answer in our Discord. But do people notice that? Cuz I notice it every single time. I uh, the thing that bothered me is it happened so often and it happened uh mid conversation when they first get to Reds and he says he's like introducing himself. Uh he says something about his cat, his dead cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's just like mid conversation. You can tell because the way I guess the mic is, there's no like reverb in in the the ad lib. So it it just it's just off place. Well, I think I I I guess people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's mostly it's it's really predominant in comedies. Because yeah. I think whenever they're in the editing room, I think that's another like you can take and you can like punch up jokes or just take another pass at like stuff that might be funnier. And so that's it. But I feel like there's a better way to do it. You know, yeah. was it, like the genius way of doing it, which I don't know how you could do in this movie, but how like in Deadpool. The one of the reasons or one of the like really good pluses of that movie is the fact that like almost eighty uh, percent of the movie Ryan Reynolds was co- is covered in like his face is covered. Yeah. So they could like dub whatever they wanted if they wanted like a funnier joke for him to say. Yeah, he has a mask on, so it doesn't it doesn't even yeah, matter. Yeah, I can't see it. Well, I mean, but COVID I like- times it'd be super easy. <laughs> oh, that's so true. But think about the that. thing I I want to make a comparison because even if you haven't if you don't hear it you might now that you're aware of it but to me it's like if you see a photoshop picture and you can tell that it's photoshop because the lighting is different that's the only thing i can compare it to it's like you can just the way the camera is placed your ears would not you would pick up some reverb it wouldn't just go directly to your ears see i i'm glad you mentioned that because like i said i not to like say oh i'm i'm so what is the word i pay so much attention like for i I notice it every single time it's in a movie every time yeah and i never point it out because i think it's one of those things where if i point it out to somebody they're like well now i can tell and it ruins it for me so i never say anything because i don't want people to be mad at me because i do that a lot where i'm like do you notice this actor does this and they're like why would you tell me that because that's all i notice now so i just keep it to myself yeah, I mean, and usually, and yeah. I, I always thought like, well, I mentioned it because I thought everybody noticed it, but I guess I just, I just pay more attention. I don't know. 
Yeah. I noticed that that's another thing though. I noticed so many different quirks from actors and sometimes when I watch different movies that they're in, it can get really distracting to me because I notice oh, yeah. it. I notice like the very similar things that they do in each in each role. Like no matter what role they're doing, there's certain things that certain actors do every single time. Creepy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. think of an example in this movie, but I don't think well, I know that Seth Rogen, when he yells, he like looks back and forth a lot. Oh, I didn't know <laughs> that. Ruined it. All right. That is so funny. What we do in this life echoes in eternity. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the caption for the this episode. All right. Oh, and then I have a fun fact about this fight scene, which is actually a really good fight scene. <laughs> Just in total. Yeah. Oh, and well, let me say the fun fact. So. When I think this is the end of the fight, but when James Franco smashes the bong over Danny McBride's head, it was supposed to be fake, a fake breakaway bong so that McBride would take could take part in the stunt. However, it was filled with some water. And when Franco actually smashed it, McBride was mildly hurt. It looks like it hurt. Yeah, I I saw this. I I rewatched it a couple of times because I added this comment to our Google Doc as I was watching it, so I paused it, added it, read that, and I was like, oh, damn. It looked, you could tell he was, like, kind of shocked, like, legitimately shocked. Yeah. Ugh, I would never do my own stunts. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. Um, After this, oh, and I didn't even mention for the fight, <clears throat> my favorite thing about the fight was when they kept doing, or when, after they smashed the door down, and the door was, and Dale was on top of the door, which is on top of Red. He said, "Time out," <laughs> and they all stopped. <laughs> he's like, "Time in." <laughs> Time in. Oh, that was so funny. <clears throat> so after that, they tie Red up, um, because he gets knocked out, obviously, and he spills everything to them. Then the two other guys show up, so that, so that means that Dale and like Saul just have to like leave, and they leave Red by himself. And as soon as they get in there, Red, well, he says, Red says, like, I won't say anything. I'm sorry. I was a shitty friend. I'll, like, be a great friend to you guys now. Um, they leave. But, of course, as soon as those other two guys that work for Ted come in, he tells them everything. He tells them Dale's full name, <laughs> where they're going. Um, yeah, I think that's basically it. Yeah. Um, and then the two guys call ted and basically tell him that they can't get really any any more good info from red or they call ted did i say that so they can't get yeah. any good info from red and so he's like just shoot him or just kill him so they shoot him twice <laughs> and then after after they give ted this information he's very confused as he should be because he I guess I didn't mention this, but he has another like rival group. Like the people, the the guy that they killed was basically an assassin from this other rival group that owns a casino. I think it's just like a competitor with him basically. Mm -hmm. And so he, he thinks that Dale and Saul are working for them. Right. And so he's just like so confused um, and they, him and the cop just assume that this is another guy that they sent 
because they killed their assassin or whatever. After this, Dale goes to Angie's house with Saul, but I think Saul just like stays outside while he goes to try to get Angie to, to go to a hotel because he assumes now that they know who I am, they're going to go after you because, you know, like they're going to put together that you're my girlfriend or whatever. Um, and so his, when he comes in, he doesn't even realize that they're supposed to have dinner and his pa- her parents are like waiting for them to start the dinner or waiting for him so they can start the dinner. And they're super concerned about what's happening. They get really mad at Dale. And I they have this scene alone. I mean, this whole movie has great lines, but this scene has so many good lines that I wrote down. So I'm going to just list them. I think I have three. So his dad or her dad says something about how he's gonna <laughs> he's like gonna do something and Dale says don't let him gonna no don't wanna <laughs> mm-hmm. I played it like five times um, <laughs> after this the dad threatens Dale telling him to leave by the time he gets back or he'll shoot him and so he's basically going to get a gun and Dale says why would he bear arms <laughs> <laughs> And then after, um, oh, Saul, like, sees that the two guys that work for Ted are coming after them. Um, They're at Angie's house. And so he runs into the house while Dale and the parents are having a fight. And so the dad tells them, he, like, starts shooting at them. But then he tells them, you two better do what I say or I'll take you outside and fuck you in the street. (laughs) And Dale says, don't fuck us anywhere. (laughs) The dad in that scene is so funny. Why would he bear arms? (laughs) Um, After this, Ted's guys show up. Oh, wait. I already said that. Oh, and then Angie stabs Saul with the fork, which I thought was very funny. (laughs) Um, Then we cut to Ted and the cop, and she is telling him how they did triangulate, she used that same word, their phones, and found them smashed. One of them smashed and the other just, like, thrown really far away, and it took one of her cops an hour to find it. And she's like, who the fuck are these people? (laughs) Oh, and then um, because she says that they found Dale's car as well and they found a bunch of disguises and it just confuses (laughs) them so much more. And she's like, who the fuck are these guys? Who is Dale Denton? Um, And so Ted decides to call their rivals and he just, just basically to settle it. But they just get he just gets mad at him and he starts yelling um and the cop is pissed because she's like do you know how weak that made us look Mm -hmm. um after this we see dale and saul realizing that they need to sell some of the weed so they they can get some money for food (laughs) um right up they sell they decide to sell weed to high schoolers which is so stupid after this um, Saul goes to get them some food after they have money while Dale is waiting for him smoking a joint uh, a <clears throat> police officer for the school I forgot what she called herself but she's basically a police officer for the school she comes and arrests Dale for selling the weed to said <laughs> high schoolers obviously because Saul was like alright whatever money you have and just take handfuls of it Yeah, whatever your hands can hold <laughs> And then Dale is just still where, like in the same spot that they committed the crime. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
And so while she's arresting him, he tells the cop about what he saw. And she says that she's going to help him because she she's like, oh, I think I know who that bitch is after he's telling her about the corrupt mm-hmm. cop that's helping Ted. Um, but of course, Saul ruins it because she's like, take. So she's taking him. She arrests him and puts him in the back of the car. But she's like going to take him to the station and like basically get a story, help him out. But Saul ruins it by jumping in front of the car, the cop car. And getting hit by the car and this slushy that he has just like goes everywhere. And she gets out while she gets out. He steals the car and they get chased by the other cop who's working with Ted because she hears. Oh, because um, the first cop like calls it in. And so the corrupt cop like hears who that is and basically that she needs to go down there and see what the fuck is going on. Right. And a fun fact about the slushy, the red Slurpee that Saul spills over the windshield of the cop car was darkened in the trailer after it was discovered after it was discovered that audiences were mistaking it for blood. They're dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious <laughs> that. Mm. Well, maybe if they just show the scene where it's on out of contact. The uh, from the inside, I could see that. You also can't tell it's a slushy when you first see him with the cups, because yeah. it has a, a like a drink lid, mm-hmm. not a slushy lid. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. That's instantly what I thought about because I was like, because I I put I read the fun facts. If I've seen the movie before, I usually read the fun facts so I know where to put them. And when it said slushy, I was like, where is the slushy at? And then I didn't realize until like he got hit. But anyways. Um, it is a pretty funny chase scene. I don't really have much to say about it other than I do like it has like there's so many chase scenes in so many movies, but this one is a lot different because it has like the slushy over it, which I feel like would have slid off right away. A sticky. It could have stayed there. That's that's a thick ass slushy. <laughs> but um also, the fact that he, like, Dale tells him to kick in the windshield, and when he does, his foot gets stuck. <laughs> and so he, like, can't see, and his foot is stuck in the windshield. So that is pretty funny. Um, da, da, da. So after that, they they separately call... Saul calls his bubby, which I don't think I've mentioned, but he has a bubby, which is his grandmother, that he talks about a lot. And... Dale calls Angie and while he's talking to Angie they get in a fight because oh wait what oh no after sorry so he gets in a fight with Angie but I don't really I mean that doesn't really have much to do about the movie so I didn't really mention it but the fight that we can talk about is the one that Saul and Dale get in because Saul just instantly wants to smoke a joint and Dale's like are you fucking kidding me like that's the real reason that we're in this mess yeah, I don't like to see them fight, but it's hard. Yeah. But they talk about what they would really do in life, right? What they mm-hmm. want to be. Um, and Dale says that he wants to be a a talk radio host, right? Uh-huh. And Saul says that he he's going to be this best civil engineer, and he wants to make <laughs> he wants to make uh playground. Uh, what what is it? I don't remember. He wants to make a hole where kids can shit and playgrounds. <laughs> That's what I don't he wants to make. I remember that at all. 
That's funny. Um, so after yeah. they have their fight, they go their separate ways. And Saul goes to meet his bubby. But as soon as he gets there, he sees the two guys that are working for Ted there talking to Bubby. Um, and then he leaves and the co- it causes like a whole scene because he hits one of the guys with a coffee pot. Um, and after the police get there, Dale walks up and hears Dale like shows up because I think he's trying to apologize to Saul. But he sees like the whole scene that's happening and he overhears what happened to Saul. You please, I know what you're going to talk about, so please talk about it. I didn't write it down, but. I know so you the grandma is I mean, the cops are talking to her asking questions. She's just like freaked out because two two men kidnapped her grandson. She's like, Oh, I think you have something there. <laughs> and it's a mole. And he's like, Oh ma'am, I think that's a mole. I can't wait to be that old and just like not give a shit and just I I need to know if okay, so here I guess this is an idea if we ever interview anybody that made this movie particularly Seth Rogen. <laughs> I need to know if that was scripted. Or if she improvised it, if they improvised it. I just need to know the makings of that line because it was so fucking funny. And the way he the way that the 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 actor reacts feels genuine. Yeah. So I just need to know. I don't know if anybody's talked about it. I'm assuming not. I was I was waiting to see it on the fun facts, but it's like something grandma would do. Like her yeah, grandma. it just feels so. It feels so much like what that that lady would do that mm-hmm. I can't imagine somebody writing it. Yeah, it's so funny. God, I need to know. I just need I need two I need one minute with Seth Rogen and that's it. That's all I'm gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> all right after this we cut to them taking Saul to some shed and they make him go down in the hatch from the beginning of the movie <gasps> same hatch um oh and i <laughs> i didn't mention this in the notes but um another funny line is when so he's like the the guy that he hits with the coffee pot is like talking shit to Saul as like while he's walking down and he's just saying how he's going to kill him. And he's just like really pissed. And they end the scene with him saying, and watch your head. <laughs> he like tells him to watch his head. Oh, so funny. Um, Then they walk him through like that underground area where it just has a bunch of weed growing and he's amazed. Yeah. After this, it's all pineapple express. Yeah. After this, we cut to Dale, who is who goes to Red's house and finds him in the bathroom, <laughs> and he's just bleeding out. He has the cake that he made, and he just has like a bunch of stuff. It looks like he just like made his deathbed <laughs> in the bathroom, <laughs> and he's just gonna die there. But he convinces uh, Dale convinces Red to like help him um, suit up and go save Saul. And a fun fact about the scene, as he is handing Dale some guns, Red, played by Danny McBride, says, quote, Ted Jones messed with the wrong melon farmers. This is a reference to the common network television practice of dubbing over swear words with less objectionable words or terms that have similar sound and length, even if the replacement words don't really make sense in the context of the movie. 
Melon Farmers is most famously the dub for motherfuckers in the network television version of Die Hard, um, the first one, where John McClane says, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. He says, yippee-ki-yay, Melon Farmer. I I didn't know this. I was was trying to think, like, why why Melon Farmer? Like, I could maybe melons, like, some type of weed? I was very confused. But that makes a lot of sense. I feel like I've heard this before, but it is, yeah. It when I first heard it, it didn't make any sense. But then I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Um, as soon as they get there, (laughs) so they get to the shed. As soon as they get there and get out of the car, Red's like, yeah, I can't do this. (laughs) Um, and he says another amazing line from this movie is he says, "I don't want to wake up murdered tomorrow." Um, so Dale just tries to, he gets in there by himself. He tries to take one of them hostage, but it doesn't work out because shut that dog up. (laughs) Forrest is making his guest appearance. Sorry. I feel like since you've moved, he's, he's barked in every single one, but only once. Yeah. It's normally when people come home, my roommates just got home. All right, sorry. Where was I? Oh, so one of the guys that he's like, that's on Ted's side, shoots the hostage. So he shoots one of his own men. And he's like, <laughs> I just, the whole running gag was he's like, I want to go home and eat dinner with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Um, so yeah, so they take Dale and they put him in the little, the, like the interview room that Bill Hader was in, in the beginning. Um, and he says they have a little moment where he tells him that he is his best friend and he's going to save him. And they have a, a weird moment where he's trying to have him use his belt buckle to like break the, <laughs> their restraints. I think it's just like duct tape or something, right? They're just dry humping each other. That's Basically, all it is. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Then upstairs, Ted and the cop show up. Then we see that their their rivals are also there and they're ready to attack. Um, Starring Ken Jeong and yeah. Bobby Lee. I think so, yeah. Amazing cameos in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then... After that, they they actually do end up like breaking their restraints. And the guy that one of Ted's men, I forgot who it was, but one of his men <clears throat> goes in and he's like, I can hear you guys. Like, I know your plan that you're you're trying to do. But then they do attack him in the scuffle. Dale gets shot. It looks like he's shot in the head, but it ends up he's just shot in the ear. Um and then the prosthetic is nice. It looks I know. Real. It was scary. And then he tried to put the like piece back on and it was so <laughs> gross. While this is happening, there's a gunfight upstairs. Um Saul gets out while Dale is left in the basement with Ted because Saul could not I don't know why he thought Saul could pay like pull up Dale into the vent. There's uh, there was no way that was gonna happen. Um <laughs> So Saul leaves. Um, he goes back in, gets in a fight with the cop, the corrupt cop. 
which I have a fun fact about. So the fight scene between Saul, played by James Franco, and Carol, played by Rosie Perez, who we have been referring to as the corrupt cop, um, was, for the most part, improvised. Because of this, Franco was worried he would hurt Perez and would ask her for permission to do certain things during the fight. In the end, Perez actually did get hurt, uh, and got a bruise after Franco accidentally hit her too hard on the thigh, or bit her too hard on the thigh. But Perez didn't tell him until after filming was done, so he wouldn't feel bad. Oh, uh, the the one thing I'll say about that fight scene and just uh, Carol as a character is, whenever she's fighting, her scream or like yell, whatever it is, I could not stop laughing. It was like <laughs> Rosie ah! Perez. Is, her voice <laughs> is so funny. funny. Yeah, I love her voice. Um, <clears throat> after this, one of the guys is about to kill Saul, but Red comes back with his car and runs him over, and it's really gross. Um, and then Red gets shot yet again by corrupt cop Carol. Um, we cut back to Ted and Dale, who are in the little basement area, and they're fighting, but it's interrupted by Ken Jong, who throws a bomb at them. Somehow yeah. Dale gets out of that. He like runs. I don't know, but Ted gets he dies. Um, Dale then goes back up. He saves Saul and carries him oh. outside as the shed Whoa. burns down. Huh? You missed one of the funniest parts. Go on. Where Dale, the whole reason Dale's interacted with Ted is because he's trying to serve him. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so he has him. He throws the envelope on his dead it. body. He's like, "You've been served, Ted." Oh, I forgot about that. That's so funny. So after they're outside, they're watching the shed burn down. Red also stumbles out of there and is alive somehow. No idea how. I Yeah, he should have been dead so long ago. (laughs) That was probably the running gag is he he was alive. It's pretty funny. Then we cut to them at a diner, just eating, having a great time, kind of (laughs) recapping the movie. And a fun fact about this scene is that the diner scene near the end of the film was not in the script. It was improvised on the spot by the actors. Yeah, it felt real. Yeah, it did. Especially that part where they're talking about, like, uh, when Dale's like, we should get one of those, like, heart necklaces that are broken, (laughs) like, into pieces. Um. I just, and I also love that they're they're not cleaned up like they're still bleeding and beat up and gross and like I said they're basically recapping the movie he's like oh we got in a car chase scene and Red's like what that's crazy um, <laughs> then it ends after a Bubby shows up and picks them up and hopefully they all go to the hospital and I don't know if you caught this but when they get in the car you can hear Bubby saying y'all smell like shit yeah yeah she's funny and that's the end of the movie. I have a pretty good list of fun facts, so let me just read them off. Um, Seth Rogen originally wrote the part of Saul Silver for himself to play. It wasn't until the table read that he realized James Franco would be funnier in the role of Saul. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Seth Rogen rolled every joint. Oh, yeah. I guess I, I did have it in the fun facts. So he rolled every joint and cross joint in the film himself. Um, this was the first marijuana themed comedy to gross over $100 million worldwide, which made me ask, what are the other ones? 
Uh, probably not a lot. I don't know. I can't. I mean, maybe more now, but I can't think of any. Um, Seth Rogen told the April 25th issue of Rolling Stone magazine that the filmmakers originally wanted a budget of 50 million, but was only able to secure 25 million due to the drug heavy subject matter. I was going to say pitching this movie must have been so funny, especially in that time. This was made in 2008. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Rosie Perez, who played prep cop Carol, convinced director David Gordon Green to cut most of her dialogue out telling him it would make her character's crooked side more effective and ultimately more mysterious. Yeah, I got that. She was kind of creepy. Same. Seth Rogen was a guest on the Howard Stern show on August 11th, 2008, and he told Howard Stern that he wrote the script in 2001. However, since he was still relatively new, it wasn't until his performances in The 40-Year-Old Virgin and Knocked Up that the script was approved. That usually happens. Like, I know for some reason, I know that um, I think Ari Aster, his first film was Hereditary, but he wrote, I think he wrote Midsummer first. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Rogen had to practice yoga to be more limber for more for the more physical scenes in the movie. He did a great job. <laughs> That's funny. Just imagining <laughs> Seth Rogen Doing practicing yoga. yoga for this movie. Um, Brian Cranston read for the role of Ted Jones. However, Judd Apatow felt Cranston wasn't evil or scary enough to convincingly portray a drug dealer. Ironically, Bruh. Cranston later rose to prominence playing Walter White, a high school teacher turned uh, meth dealer in Breaking Bad, which also started in 2008. So I, I guess I get it. And if you think about it before, I think before Breaking Bad, like the biggest thing that ugh, I don't want to get flamed for this, but the biggest thing that I know that he was in was Malcolm in the Middle. And I don't really think that character was like menacing. So I, I get it. He would have been yeah. really funny in this, though. <laughs> I love Brian Kenton. All right. Um. The word fuck and its derivatives are said 180 times. That's not that much for two hours or an hour, 52 minutes. Yeah. I'm sure there's been more now. Uh, speaking of succession, that show, they probably do that and more within one episode. <laughs> the scene just before Dale calls Angie crying at one hour and 12 minutes a woman with a red shirt on with a red shirt and jeans walks past that extra was lauren miller who is seth rogan's wife in real life oh look at them <laughs> she's also in for i don't know why i know this either but she's also in uh 50 50 do you remember that have you seen that uh no i've never seen it but i know of it yeah you've never seen it no, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. <gasps> it's really good. Well, she's in that. Um, <clears throat> she plays like a little cameo. Um, in the original script, Dale's girlfriend Angie was an adult and a strong, mature businesswoman in sharp contrast to her slacker boyfriend. The decision to rewrite Angie as a high school senior was done to avoid unfair comparisons with Shaun of the Dead. You know, that's really funny because I hadn't seen this fun fact, but during the dinner scene, I was like, when they were fighting with the parents, I was like kind of thinking about Shaun of the Dead. 
I haven't seen it in a long time. Specifically because he's wearing like a suit. Mm. And I mean, Sean doesn't do that in Sean of the Dead, but you know, <laughs> he, he yeah. wears like nice attire. Um, I don't think this will mean anything to you, but I like this fun fact. Um, the high school is the same school from the movie Jawbreaker. No, nah, it means nothing. Man, that's a gnarly movie. Basically, I'll give you a synopsis. So these girls, <laughs> this is going to sound like a fake movie. These girls surprise, like a, a, a group of popular girls surprise one of their friends by kidnapping her for her birthday. And do you know how like some people put like a ball gag in your mouth? They put a jawbreaker and while they're like driving around with her in the trunk, um, they decide to like, they're like, okay, let's like show her, you know, let's like show her that it's us. Um, And when they open the trunk, they see that she actually swallowed the jawbreaker and it's a big one. So she's dead. (laughs) She has the jawbreaker in her throat. And it's just that that happens like that's not really a spoiler that's like happens within the first like five minutes or maybe it is I don't know but it came out in 1999 so don't be mad at me. But yeah, (laughs) doesn't exist. What the hell? It's very funny. All right, last one is Saul's grandmother or Bubby has a different last name than him, which is Belogis. They said it, and I I should have listened, but I did not. Um, which he says to Dale at one point during the movie, and that is actually Seth Rogen's mother's maiden name. That's a fun fact. It truly is. All For right. A good movie, fun time. That's why I picked it. It's funny. We all need a laugh. Yeah, it was a great time. I forgot how much I like this movie. It has a lot of good, good lines in it that still made me laugh. I don't. Yeah, it holds up. I don't really laugh like out loud at a lot of movies, but um, yeah, this one made me laugh a lot for dumb shit too. <laughs> I like yeah. like really small things in movies make me laugh. Yeah. But yeah, very very good movie. What are we watching next time? Okay, so it's time. It is time, it's time. that we watch Parasite, everybody. Yeah, I want to do because this one is like, like Pineapple Express was just fun to watch. Didn't have to think too much, but now we're gonna think, and we're going to put things together. Um, I've seen it. I know you've seen it, right? Yeah, I saw it. How many times have you seen it? I've seen it three, three times. I think. First two outside of the theater. Last time I saw it was in the theaters. They uh, <clears throat> were showing it here in College Station um, the night of the Oscars. So instead of watching the Oscars, oh, yeah. I, I saw Parasite. So I remember that, that was cool. Oh, yeah. Before the, before we started recording, I joked. It was uh, kind of a joke, but not really that um, I want to remember the last time I was happy this year in January <laughs> when it won. Yeah. Best picture when it won basically everything, everything um, it deserves. Yes, because it is the best picture. Um, yeah, I don't really. Hopefully, everybody that's listening has already seen it. But if not, the best the best way the best way to go into usually any movie, but the absolute best way to watch this movie is to not know anything. So I'm not going to give any sort of 
preface to it. It's on Hulu. Just watch, watch it, it, and then we'll gather again next week, and we'll discuss. And it'll be a fun time, and you, your minds will be blown. It, it truly, if there's anybody that hasn't seen it to this point, please let me know. Because everybody I know has seen it, but mostly because I have annoyed them to watch it. Yeah. But yeah. So I won't say anything. Just Parasite on Hulu, and then we'll talk about it. This That's is an it. early birthday gift to myself. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about Parasite. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's it for episode 43. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Bro Sis Show and Twitter at Brother Sister Show. Both of those accounts, the description has a link. Let me do it again because you did it wrong. Instagram at Brother Sister Show and Twitter <laughs> at Bro Sis Show. <laughs> that's so funny because I was so confident. I was I like, know. you know what? I'm just going to do it from memory. I almost didn't check, a, check on it, but I was like, I don't know. I don't trust this kid. Yeah, well. Find our Discord in those links. Instagram yeah. at Brother Sister Show. Twitter at Bro Sis Show. What if you did it wrong again? <laughs> you did it. That was great. I, I don't learn from my mistakes. <laughs> All right. See you next time. <laughs>